0: Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely.
1: Welcome everybody to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. We are sitting here today with Jay Darren Gross. Thank you so much, Darren, for coming on this podcast.
2: Thank
3: you for having me.
2: Mm-hmm. Excited to talk to you guys today. So Darren, um, I had the pleasure of uh, speaking with you a little bit earlier, and uh, we'd love to hear a little bit more about your background, um, who you are, basically uh, what you're about, what you've been doing over the years, and uh, then we can catch up a little bit about uh, what you're doing now.
3: You got it. So uh, you, you said the uh, the Jay and the Darren and and Gross. Just to get that straight, my friends call me Darren. Uh, Jay is the first name. John is the first name, and. And uh, created a lot of confusion since uh, birth and the TSA continues to uh, make me very well aware of that. But uh, anyway, so my (laughs) friends call me Darren, but, um, anyway, so I've, I'm an insurance uh, broker by day and I've been doing that since, um, it was right about, I guess, 1989, a long time, long, long time ago. And, um, yeah. And one of the things that, that happened, you know, in the beginning, I was basically just kind of hunting with a vacuum cleaner to, to basically, you know, survival. If I could, you know, s- sell a policy, it didn't matter what it was kind of thing. And, and, uh, along the way I ran into uh, some real estate investors and, uh, what was really cool about that was that, you know, they, they'd call me up and I'd go out and take pictures and, and, uh, you know, put some coverage on their building and stuff. And then they'd call me back in a few weeks later and say, Hey, we got another one. I was going to like, wow, another one. And, uh, you know, pretty soon I started asking questions about, well, how does this work? I mean, you're, you making money, you know, and hey, we're showing me, yeah, we're making money, money, money. And, uh, so anyway, I, I, you know, I just, I was always kind of fascinated. And I think, you know, it's it funny. I was thinking about this, uh, knowing we we're going to be doing this. I don't know if you've ever been invited to any kind of multi-level marketing, uh, deal whether it's like uh, amway or you know there's all sorts of different ones out there but i remember always being invited to these things and i was like you know th- there's this appeal about making money without doing anything kind of thing and, and people think that you know you can just make money in your sleep kind of thing and it was always like this this appeal and it just to me it never did make sense uh you know and it just always had kind of like a, a really weird shady
2: like you know uh, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, There's gotta be some back, back, back handshake kind of thing going on. There must be
1: something wrong with it. It can't work. No way.
3: Yeah. and, And so what, what appealed to me about real estate was it was real. You know I mean? It was like, there was people had a need for housing, uh, you know, and people grow, you know, people live in houses, they raise yeah. families in, in houses. They, I mean, they, they have a need for it. It's not some sort of a, uh, well, you buy a house and, and, uh, then you, you know, you get your downline and all this kind of stuff and it's not and
1: makeup, it's not a, a sports
3: drink. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not here to, to insult anybody or suggest it can't be done because there's plenty of people that have made a lot of money, but it just never, it just never did appeal to me. And I was always just kind of, uh, I don't know. I, it seemed like I networking is a lot of what you do in insurance. I mean, it's not exactly a sexy topic, but you, in order to, to, you know, create customers, you have to, people have to know you, you know? And so a, a lot of what I was doing early in my career was just networking. And so between the customers that were doing real estate and, and meeting some lenders and some brokers, and you know, just kind of, you know, being entrenched in that marketplace, uh, it led to one of my customers, you know, I was talking to him in a driveway and I said, God, I got to get into this. And he goes, you want to get in? I'll sell you this one. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like me, you know, really, you know? And, and, uh, <clears throat> he was, he was a guy that was buying stuff that was just, you know, uh, conforming. It was like, uh, probably stuff like you move Jason with, uh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> you know, trees growing out of the chimney, kind of just weird stuff that was just not really not appealing, but it was always like an owner finance. Kind of thing. So anyway, he, He uh, hooked me up. I got my first property and uh, started telling other people about what I was doing. And lo and behold, I had a contractor, a customer that said, I need to get into that. And I was going like, you want in? I got a property for you. You know, it's literally like in in seven months, I flipped a house. I, I, it wasn't called flipping at the time. It was uh, basically, you know, I bought it, did a little uh, fix up and sold it. And um, I was hooked because... (laughs) you know, in, in literally in seven months, I made almost what I made in a year selling insurance, you know, basically I was going like, and that's all I had to do, you know? And, uh, you, so, so gone was all the fear that I had before about getting into it. And, and I was scared to death of the first property. I mean, it was, it was an absolute turd, you know, I mean, it was just rough and it was, <laughs> it was scary. And I was scared to death that the tenants were going to like come knock on my door, you know? And, and it just, and, you know, so, but a lot of, I learned a lot of lessons. I mean, and, and basically like I said, I learned about money and, uh, you know, got into it. And, and, uh, so we sold that, learned about taxes too, uh, because <laughs> the short term thing. And then, uh, you know, had a, had a known more about it then probably would have done the 1031 exchange, but but it all worked out. I mean, it was, it was definitely a good learning lesson. So, Long story long, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> we have since uh, my wife and I, we've we've got um, uh, six single family houses here in the area where we live, and uh, it was not until the the uh, fifth one that we actually saw cash flow. Okay, because everything we were buying was basically, you know, I I kind of was excited to do my taxes because you know based on the losses uh, from from a single family. I mean, single families just really don't. Cash flow. At least, you know, if you're, if you're in a market where there's a lot of building going on and at the time there was a lot of the lending uh, laws or lending requirements were very loose, uh, kind of, you know, the reason why we had the problem we did in 07 08. Uh 08. So there was, you know, there was a lot of new supply and you could basically rent it for what you could, you know, what your costs were. You know, it wasn't, wasn't like a, I was not, there was nothing left over kind of thing. Yes. So we did the, the four and along the way, one of my customers, um, uh, was a, uh, care provider had a, um, what was he had like a group home thing. And I got to talking to somebody about that and there was this uh, program I got in and actually was able to build one and got a grant, uh, to, for like a third of the, of the project cost. And all of a sudden I had a brand new house. I had a tenant that was paying, you know, like three times, whatever the, uh, uh, the going rent was. And um I, you know, I, I was like, I was seeing actually monthly cash flow. And uh so I was uh you know, hold on a second. I've somehow, can you still see me? Yes. Yep. Okay. It was my calendar my, oh, there you are. Okay. My calendar <laughs> up and I like, We're, We're back. Yeah. <laughs> and there we go. Okay. So in, anyway, I sort of in cash flow. And, and and the cash flow was what the first time I'd actually seen it and it was significant. And I was going holy moly. I mean, you could actually make, you can make money at this, you know, and
1: what? Money?
3: yeah, I don't have to wait till you know, go do taxes or, or uh, something like that. And uh, so that kind of, you know, over time a, a couple of years went by and, and we accumulated quite a bit of cash on the deal. And, and there was another opportunity, very similar. In fact, the, the tenant that I had was operating a second home and it was for sale. And, uh, almost, almost made the, the biggest mistake of my life. Cause the seller was trying to sell it to me on contract and lo and behold, he had a lien against it and we couldn't get a clean title. And, and, uh, he was still trying to get me to do it. And but anyway, a year later, we ended up buying it cash. Uh, and all of a sudden now it's like, I got one that's got no lien against it. I got the other one. That's, that's, you know, gin like a top. And I was going like, this is, this is awesome you know i mean i was actually i was actually making uh, substantial cash and uh that was really when that, that was my first taste of cash flow because up to that time i was just thinking all about the long the big picture if i bought it for this and i could pay down the mortgage over time i would have an asset regardless of appreciation i would have an asset that was that was paid off and my in my own mind it was just that the the tenants were paying my freight they were paying down my mortgage, and I was going to have an asset, and that was completely reversed to what I was doing at work with my four hundred one k, where I was putting in my money, and it was only you know I'd put in a little bit more money, a little bit more money, a little bit more money, and then if the market was if it was a good market, it'd be up, you know. Uh, if it's a bad market, it you know you'd still put in, and it'd be like a flat line. It's like, well, what about all that money I put in? So that's kind of where I come from uh, as far as. Uh, my investing background and kind of my insurance background and and uh you know so I a little bit
2: of my background there. yeah we wow. I, we have so much that we could cover here. I, I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit more about this. So when you were talking about the uh single family house when you finally found yourself into cash flow and you, you found a grant for that, was that turning it into assisted living? Is that is that we were doing with this or
3: yeah let me tell you give you a little bit more on that. So the um it's actually, um, um, I want to say it's a, a mentally handicapped, uh, I can't remember exactly the, the, the terminology, but it's a group home for, uh, mentally challenged, uh, people. And they're, they're essentially, uh, adults, uh, but they maybe have the, the, the men, the mentality of like a four or five year old, or, you know, maybe, maybe six or seven year old. And, and, uh, basically what they need is some sort of supervision. I mean, they're able to bathe themselves and feed themselves. Uh, so in, in Oregon, and I think it's pretty much, you know, nationwide as well. Uh, there are, there, there's county, uh, funds that are available. I mean, they come from probably the feds down to the state, down to the, down to the counties and that, um, in the, the area that I was able to do this in, it was kind of a, almost a rural, uh, county. And, um, because what I've, I've tried to duplicate it up here in, in Portland, and, and essentially there's a lot of nonprofits that play in that space up here. So the got it the and, and they're more interested in owning the property, operating the property, and providing the care. Whereas my model was I was able to be a landlord and didn't have to provide the care, and the the tenant was the, the care provider. So I was going to like, wow. I mean, yeah, you know, yes, you know, I was started asking like, you know. You know, because I remember asking a question because the, the, the first time I was working with them, they they said they they needed to provide proof of insurance to their landlord. And I was going like, landlord, tell me more about this, you know, and ask, I just asked the county, I said, do you have a need for landlords? And they go, God, yes. You know, and so actually we, we partnered, the tenant, myself and the county all submitted a grant for this. The, uh, there were some development funds and then there's also some continued uh, operating um, grants for the for the tenant. And um, uh, you know, so anyway, it it's been a very eye-opening experience. In fact, I think the you know, one of the things that I share with um on on my uh website and stuff, there's a a worksheet that I've I've um uh that I was introduced to uh, when I was, when I was doing this uh, grant and it, it, it actually, I mean, it breaks down all of your costs. I mean, where, what's the project, you know, where are you getting your money? You know, what are all the costs involved of developing the property? What are the costs of operating the property? What, you know, what is the income to where you can get to that? Like, you know, you, you plug in all the numbers and left to right. And all of a sudden over here, you get the number and you, you either making money or not, you know, and you can then project it out for like 30 years even. Wow. And, uh, so, it, Anyway, that was kind of my, that was my indoctrination. And to realize that, holy crap, you don't have to lose money on real estate. You can make money, uh, you know, cash flow, uh, as opposed to wait for it when you sell it, you know, however many years in the future.
2: Sure. Wow. Yeah. I would love to jump back as uh, right in the beginning of this, you, you basically talked about getting that first property and uh, getting past that state of fear that a lot of people just never get out of. Sure. What was able to, it, it takes a certain bit of mindset. I, we all go to RIA meetings. We all, we all, you know, network people or talk to people, however, you know, through bigger pockets, through Facebook, but people have a grand idea about what they always would love to do, but just that fear, that level of fear never lets them outside the box. What is something that that gets gets you or got you outside the box or could help other people get started just to take the step into to finding property, maybe putting an offer out or just even taking that first initial glance at of real estate.
3: Well, you know, it's funny because this property, it was known to me. Whoops. Hang on one second. My batteries just went dead here. Hang on one second. No problem. No problem.
1: Uh, I think the I think the quote you said it was an absolute on turd. <laughs> I actually have that written down here.
3: <laughs> Sorry about this. No, no problem. problem.
1: No problem. Technology. When were we talking about that earlier?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Flintstones. No
1: matter, no matter like how much we think uh, we're we're George Jetson and the in the in the futuristic cartoon
3: we can you hear me we, yeah uh, it's so funny i i think about that every now and then it's like okay make sure your batteries are good and, uh, <laughs> got caught so uh talking about just the the fear um you know i i did know the property and i knew it was a just complete crapple i mean it just it was absolutely just it was a essentially it was a a house and it had a garage that was converted into a living space and it was called a quote duplex, you know? Wow. And, uh, what's really weird is I drove by it the other day. I was actually out in that, that area and I drove by and it's still the same old crappy piece of property, but, but there's people living there. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, the guy that, that sold it to me, his, he had kind of a model. He said, look, the people on the top of the, the food chain, they can pay cash any day of the week, every day of the week. That's not my client. His was literally the people on the bottom that were not under the bridge that they were basically just, you know, that, that needed housing, but they didn't have any options, Got you it. know? And so what what led me through this was, first of all, was kind of solving the riddle. He had offered me a price and, uh, I kept running the numbers. I just couldn't make it work. I was going like, I don't know how, you know, the, the numbers don't add up. And I don't, I can't remember exactly what the round was. It may have been like 700 bucks aside. So let's just say it was $1,400 was what it was supposed to be. I think it was pretty close to that. And I was looking at it and I, I spent all day as like a, a weekend, just a big yellow tab and I was running my numbers, I my calculator, you know, I was just running, running running. And finally, after doing that for a long time, I realized that, you know, what he really said was, he needed $10,000 to go buy his next property. He didn't need, uh, I forget. I think he offered it to me like 120,000 or something like that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: He didn't need the 120. He needed $10,000 so he could go buy this other property. So then I said, well, wait a minute, I've got a line of credit that, you know, I can get $10,000. I don't have $10,000, but I can go get $10,000. And I started working the numbers on what would work knowing that if I borrowed the 10, what I'd have to pay back plus then drop that price down. And I started working the numbers. I like, go, okay, well, wait a minute. If he would accept this amount. And I, I, I want to say we settled at Like 90 was a, the, the kind of price or I go back and look at it. But anyway, I did that. And I said, well, you know, I can give you 10 and, and this, and he goes, okay, It was like, there's no, like, there's no wrestling match or like, no, that's not. It was like, just this like, wait, what, what? (laughs) And so then it was again, kind of like, uh oh, you know, oh, now I, now I've got a deal. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: And so literally went down to the title company and it was a, it was just like a, a third of a page of paper. It was not like you're, you know, you go to normal closing. Now there's like, you know, sign initial or anymore. Now the docu sign where it's like you push, click and, yep. and it's all yep. done. Everything's done. Yeah. It was literally just like a third. It was a, a note and uh, recorded at the County. He was my lender. Um, the way we went. And then I, I was using a property management firm that was, uh, I got indoctrinated there that they, they got paid first. Um, you know, they, they took their. They're ten percent. I think it was what they were taking, and, uh, and then I had tenants that were not the best pay. So was, they they were getting late fees and they were getting paid you know first kind of thing. And and it, I mean it, it did work. Uh, there was you know I, I think like I said like in seven months I had gone from uh, not being a landlord to having sold my first property. And I, you asked me what was the fear? I, I think more than anything, the, the I was scared to death that it that they the tenants weren't going to pay. Okay. And sure enough, sometimes they didn't pay, but I didn't lose the property. In fact, then they did pay, I'd get like two months the next month, you know, or there's some sort of a, a makeup kind of thing. Um, and I think the other thing too, I, I was, I was concerned that somehow I would be, uh, I don't know, socially or there, there's some sort of like, I was going to have to have this big interaction with these tenants. You know what I'm saying? That was God. kind of a, uh, a thing. And, um, It didn't happen, you know. The in in seven months, I, I went from, I mean, I had more money than I than I did seven months before, and I had very little interaction, and I was going like, wow, it 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 really, you know, whatever that I was afraid of, I got through it, you know, and it was more about. Um, I mean, I remember when, when uh, talking to people about real estate they're like, "Oh God, you know, leaky toilets and, you know, hot water tanks in the middle of calls in the middle of the night, all that stuff. All, never had it happen. Yeah. I can say I've never had it. I've, I've had a frozen pipe uh, middle of the night and it was basically told the tenant, hey, go shut the water off. Yep, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. No,
1: And that's why you have a management company too.
3: Yeah. 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 It? Yeah. But, it, but it wasn't nobody died. Nobody, you know, it, it was not a, it was, I mean, I've had some, I, in fact, uh, I, I just turned over one of our properties to management and then our 12 flex down in Florida. We can talk about that. We've got a management, but we still manage uh, the other five and you know, it's, it's pretty tame, pretty wow. tame stuff. You know, it's not, uh, you know, I, I've had, uh, um, couple of frozen pipes and it was more about the the property and the way it was plumb. There's a pipe that's kind of exposed that, you know, wasn't really well thought out. Um, I had a, a tree limb uh, on the driveway fall onto a tenant's camper or something like that, you know? And, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, that was, that was interesting on vacation getting that call, but got it. Luckily, um, we know a good insurance guy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, there's, they were the ones that told me the the limb looked like suspicious and then, Sure enough, they left their camper under the limb that looks suspicious. I was like, well, it's (laughs) all me all worried about this. Why don't you you get yourself out from underneath (laughs) there?
1: Well, you touched a little bit on Florida. Um, I have in my notes that you just picked up where you have a, uh, an apartment investment in Florida. Yeah. Can you touch upon that?
3: Yeah. 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 So. So uh, you know, realizing the cash flow thing, and, and kind of paying attention, and, and kind of the path here, realizing that we wanted to get into something bigger um, because uh, you know, leverage in real estate is is just amazing to me that you can get into something bigger and and it appreciates, so does your money as opposed to that little bit that you contribute in your four hundred one k right. So my wife and I, uh, my wife, uh, her parents. Uh, Live down in Florida. And um, so we have the occasion to go down and play with the kids on the beach and love Florida. In fact, my wife would love to live in Florida, especially when it's only 63 degrees (laughs) here here in Oregon. Um, But anyway, so, you know, she, she was all on board. She's going like, let's get a pro, you know, let's get an apartment down in Florida. I was like, okay, okay. And, uh, as soon as I said that, I mean, God, she was like, show me every opportunity. She was the one that was really kind of bird dogging it and stuff, you know? And so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got to, I've got to make this happen. And so when we were down there, we went and, and um, and she had met with uh, a couple of commercial brokers down there and, and we went down and, and, um, you know, we, we, Florida is kind of an interesting place. I, I don't want to say it's any different than, than elsewhere, but I think there's a lot of uh, non-conforming properties. Um, we ran into, like, there was a guy that had like three, um, I think they were actually duplexes the way they were put on the, the plat, but he'd made them into triplexes. And, uh, you know, he, it was, it was just some sort of a hokey deal there. I mean, they're cute, really cute units. Um, and then there was another property we looked at another property and, and we learned about flood zones. You know, we yeah. were talking earlier about flood zones. Um, and so basically I, I, I kind of was able to narrow down what it was we wanted. One, we wanted a property that was conforming, not not something that was unique and bizarre that we had to be able to explain that. I, I wanted something people could look at it and go, that's an apartment building.
1: Yes, you're so so boring. You know?
3: Yeah, I, I just wanted it to, I wanted all of the systems left to right, top to bottom to be uniform. Yes. I didn't want to have to have the, the special tool or the special guy to do the special thing to do no. the. You know? So that was one. The other thing was I was wanting 20 units. I wanted to get a, you know, 20 unit or, or more, but, uh, we ended up with a 12 unit, uh, did not want to be in a floodplain. learned about the floodplains because we actually, we got all the way down the path on a, on another, uh, property, uh, and it was a four unit deal. And then you run in all sorts of financing things that are, that were not, what I wanted, Uh, but it was in a floodplain. And I was just, you know, the flood insurance is not cheap. I'm an insurance broker. I know that, especially if you're at sea level, you know, or or even like, you know, that's that's not cheap. Um, so as we kind of narrowed our search down, it was, you know, conforming, uh, I wanted it to be block construction in Florida. You know, you've got all sorts of pests and stuff. I didn't want something frame, uh, that you find out that uh, the pests have eaten it all up. Um, you know, I, I, I um, well, I didn't want it to necessarily just be uh, inland in some town that didn't have something going on. I wanted it to be, and it didn't have to be beachfront. We weren't going to, I'm not going to live there uh, kind of thing. But but trying to find a community that had something going on uh, was important, you know, and then trying to understand it. So last year we went down to visit my in-laws and uh, we looked at a couple of properties. And while we were there, we went over to uh, Cape Canaveral and the Kennedy space center over there. I don't know if you're familiar with, with that area, but, um, the place was actually decimated when they pulled or when the uh, space shuttle program stopped, you know, it was basically, it was a, uh, thriving place. And then when the space program stopped, it, it basically, uh, regressed as as I understand it, as Mm -hmm. far as employment and that, and what we were hearing was the um spacex and and boeing and, and these companies these space companies that are committed to going to mars uh is starting to i mean there, there's a lot of launches happening down there and so there's there's a, a a growth you know that it's going in the right direction the other thing we saw was a uh, healthy uh cruise ship industry uh port, port canaveral down there is a big uh base for all of your big uh, cruise ships, and uh, I mean, and you know, I got up one one morning to watch the sunrise, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I mean, it's like these, you know, these great big, huge, multi-story ships just coming and going, you know, in the morning kind of thing. So, so anyway, um, we took note of that and uh, got back home, and because we we'd made an offer on another property on the on the other side of Florida, it didn't go, and found this one. And, uh, it had what we were looking for. It had, uh, you know, it wasn't in floodplain. Uh, it was uniform in look. It was, you know, there was six units up, six units down, uh, had a new roof. Um, it was block construction. And, uh, so the, the first thing I, I realized was that, uh, the, the property it had, it, it had a sale that had failed on it. And we were talking with the broker. And the reason was uh, financing. So note to self, the first thing I was going to make certain that we offered or that we, when we presented our offer, we had a note from the bank saying, you know, we can here get this. Yep. And um, I, it, it, it didn't qualify for like Fannie Freddie kind of stuff. It wasn't uh, large enough as the loan balance uh, goes, but uh, I've had a really good relationship out here with the community bank. And, you know, as opposed to if you're going to borrow money for your personal residence, where you've got to go through all the, you know, the the reams of uh, material you have to provide and, and, you know, that kind of deal, you can actually go in and and lay out your plan, show them the numbers, make your case for it, uh, provide your financials. And on Tuesday, they'll call you and say, yep, loan committee met, you're good. And um, so I actually, I just got on the phone because I... I, uh, Googled, you know, banks in, in, uh, Melbourne, uh, Florida, and, uh, talked to the lady and she said, Oh, the, you know, loan guy, he's out, but he'll call you right back. You know, sure enough he did. And I just laid it out. I said, here's what it is. And here's, here's who we are. Here's our history. I can give you everything you need. Here's the numbers on the property. And he goes, yeah, send it to me. That sounds really good. And, um, you know, literally, we had that uh, a loan commitment letter from him that they would do it, and then we we ran our numbers and
2: and uh, made the offer. There wow, you go. there's a lot of context there. I think one so of the,
1: much. Wow, yeah, one <laughs> of the
2: most important points I would say, if you have a significant other that uh, maybe is not so far along with you on the investment thing, and maybe doesn't buy into your vision, would you find that it helps if you buy properties in areas they want to visit? <laughs> in my case definitely yeah 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 yeah. That was, okay good yeah, it sounds
3: like your wife
1: was part, was partnering up with you yeah exactly
2: song. she was pushing all for it so yeah. yeah i had
3: to f- had to make her realize we were not going to live there you know yeah, was, yeah, that's the point, it, so. I, we got down the path on one that she was like it's oh, so cool it's so cool i'm like you're not yeah you yeah
2: know, go look at these you're not gonna live there Exactly. And you, you found it through a broker. How did you how'd you find that broker? Like how how'd you how you find a deal how'd been through how'd you find a broker? How did you how you find that okay, you started focus on this area because the space program has has context of, of reviving there, you, you have the port, you have all these drivers that are pushing you there. Well, how'd you, and how'd you get the broker to say, well, these guys are serious?
3: Yeah. What's kind of funny is, you know, there's loop net is, is kind of like a, a go-to and I, you know, it's kind of funny. People always talk about, uh, you know, that's where deals go to die. And, and uh, I mean, there's probably some truth in that and that if the, if the, the brokers present it to their, their list of, of known buyers and they, they balk at it, then, you know, they go to their second list and their third list and finally they've got to try and try and sell. It's going to go there. But, but uh, no, this area was more of a, um, um, I think my wife found there's like some like a Zillow link or something like that. It was like, Oh, so what was really weird was it was like, it was, it was presented by like a residential broker. So it wasn't, it was not like a commercial real estate broker listing, you know? And, uh, you know, this was going, my wife was like finding all sorts of nooks and cranny deals, you know? And she was like, you know, rattling all sorts of cages and giving me a laundry list of people I had to call back and, you know, talk to and stuff. And, and (laughs) actually to her credit, she was, she, she, uh, I I gave her kind of like some basic, I said, okay, look, before I, you know, you have to be my front end screener on this stuff and let's, you know, make sure of these things, you know, get the numbers and gave her a little bit of lingo to where she was able to, to uh, talk the talk and stuff. And, and uh, you know, to her credit, she, she found us what was funny was she didn't, at first it didn't ring any bells with her, but I did just kind of a Google earth kind of got down, you know, on the street and I was driving around this, And I was going kind of like, well, no. I was kind of like, what's, what's wrong with this? Why is, you know, this, there's nothing wrong with this. Why is this, you know, cause it just, it was, and I looked at it and then, and then we did kind of a, um, uh, you know, Craigslist, just looking to see what were rents going for in the area you know, and, and realized this thing was way under market. Good. Uh, the guy was paying for cable and water. And, uh, I don't know if you've bought cable for 12 units, but, uh, it was like 800 bucks a month, you know, and, and, uh, the waters, you know, like 500 bucks a month. we were just learned about rubs and, uh, recognized that the marketplace was not providing cable. Uh, so we we're like, okay, there's two things we can take off the plate you know, off the expense side of things in a hurry. Um, Maybe you
2: can explain rugs
3: yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So the, uh, help me on this if I say it wrong. I think it's rational utility billing systems. Uh, or ratio. Something? Ratio. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, just uh, it, it was, uh, there's only one meter to the property for the water. Uh, but there are other landlords in the area that are doing, that are billing uh, the tenants for water. And so what we basically did was recognize what the, what the average monthly bill was divided by the 12 units and said, you know, going, going forward, uh, you'll have this much more in, in uh, rent due for water. So, or it's actually, we, we call it, it's, 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 you have rent plus water.
1: So, so maybe, so. maybe you guys can explain, explain that to us a little bit further for our newer investors listening to this, um, what do rubs mean and what do they mean for your bottom line? I mean I think I think anybody listening to this will kind of get it because you're getting more rental but compounded and it being a commercial versus um, versus residential, how does that help your bottom line?
3: Yeah well just in, in, in kind of the uh, you go to the um, uh, your net operating income on, a, on a, uh, a financial and you start with your rents, And then you start taking out your expenses and your expenses are, uh, insurance, property taxes, property management, uh, utilities in this case. And so any one of those expenses that you can reduce or eliminate, uh, is going to improve your, your net operating income, the, the rents minus your, your expenses. And that, that net operating income is the number that all commercial real estates valued off of. Right? So you take that. So, I recognize right away that, you know, first of all, we could pull out cable altogether and then by, by eliminating or reducing that the water expense, cause I still have a little bit of water that, that I pay for, but it's just cause I couldn't, you can't pass on more than what you're being billed for. Uh, so there was two ways we could go about it. We could go every month, have it be in a varying number, which my property manager was against, which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, or we could just come to a number that made sense based on historical billing. And, and so that was kind of the, the rationale and the explanation to the tenants was that they would now be paying for the water, their portion of the water. And that, um, you know, by doing that, it, it's essentially, there's, a, there's a, an income that offsets the, the, the water expense
1: mm-hmm. so
2: that, that brings that to a zero. That makes sense.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's yes. for
2: sure. For sure. No, that's great. And, uh, if, if people realize it out there that, that, that actually, if you take that now and say you start getting, you know, $10,000 more a month, um, or maybe throughout the year on a property that size, and then you divide that by the cap rate of the area, you know, if the cap rates of 10, you may have just added on another hundred thousand dollars of value to your property out there, which is huge. If you want to put it back in the market and sell it, or even want to go refi out. So that's huge. And then
1: again, I want to like explain to people that the difference between commercial and residential, like a lot of people who are listening to this are going to be, you know, your house flippers who are doing mostly residential. The difference between commercial and residential is that you can, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can do simple things like get, like take back the water, take back the cable, like have your tenants pay for all that. And that directly affects the price point of the property.
3: Yeah. The value the value yeah. of the
1: property. Yeah. Whereas like with residential, you make your tenants pay for their water. It doesn't affect anything unless you like, you know,
2: Change out the toilets. And <laughs> if you go to resell yeah. it, the uh, the end buyer may not care who's paying the cable. They may just exactly. care about the countertops. So, 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 right.
1: so that's the huge difference between commercial and residential when you're yeah. looking at the numbers.
3: Exactly. Right. Now, I think the the thing for me is just recognizing that in residential, your your price is what the neighbors are selling their home for. Yes. The market. It's whatever the market. That's the comps. You know, whatever the comparables are. Whereas on commercial, you can affect that because we've been able to increase the rent substantially and lower the cost. That net operating income, you divide that back by your cap, and that that is the
2: value. So yeah, it's huge, it's huge. You can increase it by that. Now that you found this property, you said Melbourne, Florida, is that right? Melbourne? Yeah, it's it's actually on one of the uh, the barrier
3: islands, so okay. it's just it's yeah, just off the the coast there, or I guess it's. Yeah.
2: On an Island there. Now, now that you found that property in Florida, are you guys searching primarily in Florida for more properties or where do you go from here? I think
3: that we will probably be doing more in Florida. Right. Uh, this is our, like I said, this is our first multifamily. We were able to do it on our own. Um, we had, uh, that one property I told you about, we paid for cash. We, you know, went to my, my local community bank and was able to take a a uh, note against that for a down payment. And, um, you know, so we've got, we have the one Florida. We are looking actually as kind of a strategy of getting out of our single families up here and rolling them into uh, some more multifamily down there. And, um, so. and I don't think
1: we've like pointed, I, I don't think we've pointed on this. You are actually in Portland when he's talking when Darren's yeah. talking about up here, he's talking, he's in Portland and he also invests in Florida. So he's talking right. about rolling your, your single families into and becoming more of an apartment investor.
3: Yeah, no, we were doing the, kind of the numbers, and still even to this date, I mean, we're we're making a little bit of money, you know, monthly uh, cash flow on on these uh, properties. But the um, by and large, the uh, the the play on the the single families has been equity, and that's that's kind of an appreciation and down her paying down the mortgage. And you know, in the first couple of years, you're not paying much down on the mortgage. It's more about you know, that's the, I've got a couple that are, they're more of a seasoned loan. You know, I'm getting a lot of calls about refi, refi, refi. And we're like, wait a minute, we're starting to really tack the mortgage on these things. So, but in any case, the, the what we're looking at right now is it's a, it's a good time to roll out of the, uh, or take the equity out of these single families and try and go, you know, find some more multifamilies.
2: Sure. I think that's a great play. That yeah, sounds great. Sounds yeah. great. Good luck with it. The, um, yeah. So, uh, what would be something that that has happened to you out there that could be a learning lesson on uh, on people that, that uh, maybe maybe a mistake you come about or some correction you've had to make that could be really something that stands out to you? You say, "Well, man, if I knew this before, I would never take it, never had never do it again."
3: Yeah, I can answer that real easy. The um, so on this property we bought, uh, we we did make some mistakes, and and one of which was the the seller had uh, like I said had been in a contract previous uh, with a sale that failed and there was an inspection that was done and it was only a couple of months old. It wasn't like it had been like, you know, a year old and I looked at it and I went through it and we bought, you know, we bought multiple properties. So it wasn't like I was, you know, the uninitiated, I was familiar with, you know, things that, yeah. things that could go wrong. Yes. Uh, and so we had, um, uh, it was a brand new roof. It was like a, a one-year-old roof. And uh what was interesting is actually during our uh, while we were under contract, there was a hurricane that rolled through there. And so uh-huh. the bank made the suggestion that yeah, you probably should have uh, somebody go and at least inspect the roof, make sure nothing happened, you know. And so we did. We had somebody do that. Um we went through the inspection, it was basically you know, it's an older property, it's a class C property. We weren't looking for, you know, anything high polish and stuff, but basically just some good bones. Uh and you know, I went through and and there was like the, you know, little drips under the sink kind of thing or something that was, you know, talked about, uh, it, what it suggested was there was like a, a, a leaky faucet or something like that kind of thing. And we talked to the plumber and talked about scoping the lines and we had him, we actually had him scope the, uh, the stacks on the, you know, from the roof down and, uh, out to the, to the street just to make sure that there were, were not any busted, uh, waste lines Cause I've had to replace those before. And, um, you know, the rest of it was, you know, it was satisfactory. Uh, we've since learned that, you know, a lot of the, um, the waste lines in the property are copper and uh, they've, they've uh, some of them have failed. And uh, so I've gotten to know a, a plumber in Melbourne, a great lady. Uh, she's taking good care of me. Uh, but I, you know, in talking with her, in fact, I did a, an interview with her on my podcast uh, about what we could have done, you know, to find this. And she said, you know, first thing you can do is you just turn on all the water and all, all the receptacles all at the same time, let it run for a few minutes, you know, and see what happens. And it's going, God dang, that, that could have, we could have done that without, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been real easy. We could have figured out. Um, so we, we have had uh, a little bit of that. And I think probably the, the only other thing, and, and this is all kind of the same uh, conversation. I've talked to other brokers about this is just kind of the CapEx, uh, you know, accounting for more of a, an expense on ongoing, uh, capital improvements and, and just maintenance, I uh, probably would have pushed that number up a little bit, but I mean, I've talked with guys and I say, yeah, you know, there's, there's a number of say like 500 is probably a good number per unit per year. Uh, but in a competitive situation, you know, you may only be able to get, you know, 200, uh, a unit or something like that. And, and so, you know, all things, the same, I mean, I don't have any regrets other than the fact that I think I probably would have done that. Um, we did our, uh, our first uh, rent increase and the plan was to go um, uh, by, by four units. So one through four, we're going to get the, the rent increase this month. Next month is uh, five through eight and then nine through 12 in the third month. And what happened, because the rents were so low, as soon as the first four were given their notice, uh, i would say like, you know, six out of the other remaining eight came and said, we'll, we'll take that, you know, cause we were going to try and see what, you know, what happened to the first four and see if we got any pushback. If everybody left, we might realize, and if we had any trouble filling it, you know, we might realize we might've pushed you far kind of thing. Well, we, you know, we ended up we kept everybody except one. I think we're going to, one other going to move out, but, um, so there's still room to push them around some more, That's Great, but, wow. but, but in doing that, I didn't, you know, we were able to operate it this first year without a lot of, um, uh, renovation on, on the units. You know, when you get a vacancy and you got to go through and whatever you have to do, I mean, a lot of these cents have been there for a long time. The the rents were so low, uh, that, that we didn't really know what was going to happen. So, um, got a good handle on that. We've been through the one renovation. We're going to have another one coming up here, but amazing.
2: Wow. Yeah. Good luck with that. That sounds great. And uh, we're going to have to keep us up on, on how you turn that property out there. Yeah. It sounds like you have a ton of room to grow in a number of different directions. Yeah, no, I, I would
3: what love to you come up with. Yeah. yeah. I would love to uh, find something similar, uh, you know, maybe a little larger scale sure. uh, thing. And, and, you know, a lot of it is, I, I think um, what I learned about you and what you guys did with yours is having the patience and the discipline uh, and I'd get caught up in it. You know, like I said, with my wife, we we did have that one conversation
2: where she thought we were going to live there, and yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> no, not, not, not there. So well, now you tell her, well, listen, I save you from all these plumbing problems, so now you should thank me. So yeah, even though know yeah. own but, but,
3: yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I, but I, I'm excited to to uh, find the next one and and uh, continue.
1: Well, since we're talking about the future, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you have goals? What's your goals?
3: You know, it's funny because I I was thinking about that uh, this morning, actually. Um, You know, as having my my primary occupation as an insurance broker, I was thinking about like, you know, if I I focus more and put more effort into just saying this is what we're going to be and this is how many units we want to be at and this is the number we want to be. Uh, I, I, I see that being more the case. I mean, I, cause I, I, I look at it and I go, okay, if, if we had a net operating income of X, we could do it. I mean, it, it would be like, I mean, a lot of, of, um, you know, there's a lot of freedom in that, you know, when you actually have the income coming from that. And, and if we did want to move to Florida, Uh, which I think long, the big picture is I've been informed by my wife. Uh, (laughs) we we will be in Florida, which I don't have any, uh, any qualms about, but it is an insurance broker. It's a, you know, kind of more of a, I mean, the majority of my clients are here in the Northwest or based in the Northwest. They have properties all over. Uh, but it's, it is, there's still some sort of a a local
2: presence I think with, it makes sense. Got it. That's great. It's great. Do you have, um, it, we like to do a big part being that this is foundations that, you know, the start of your day is a very important impact here. Do you have any special things, uh, special morning rituals or routines that really get you up and going during the day? Uh, I don't know about getting me up and
3: going, but I can tell you, I'm, I'm, uh, probably a little older than you guys. The, uh, you know, the morning routine of exercise and, and, uh, kind of a little, uh, do a daily reading kind of thing. And just some sort of, um, Uh, journaling, just some sort of a kind of clear my, I think more than anything, it just gets the, the, the noise out of my head, you know, and get it on paper kind of thing and then set some sort of a course for the day. Uh, That's probably it. And, and with that is, you know, keeping focused on the goal. And uh, so, you know, recognizing that we do want to grow we're feeling good about this property. Now it's time to focus on finding the next one. That's
2: amazing. It's amazing. Great.
1: Well, Great. another, a couple other things. Um, who are your mentors? We're big on, we're big on finding your yep, mentors. Yep, yep. So who do you, who do you listen to?
3: Okay. So, uh, having a podcast, I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, Jake and Gino. I've had those guys on a couple of times. Uh, Joe Fairless I've had him on once before and love yep. his show. Uh, Kevin Bupp, I think he's, uh, uh really good and, and then bigger pockets. I mean, I love, uh, uh, I've had Brandon on once before and, and, uh, uh, Josh and he do a great job, but, but I think that it's, it, it's for me, it, the audio thing is just a, it's a, a real treasure because I can download it. And while I'm in traffic, I don't have to be, you know, bopping out or what I, I can, you know, hear something. And, and a lot of it is just staying in the stream of of consciousness of, of what it is I'm trying to do. And it, it helps me think about, um, you know, what I'm trying to do and, and how to do more. And, and then, like I said, as an insurance broker, a lot of what I learn, uh, I'm able to, to test it off my real estate clients, you know, or, you know, kind of sound use them as a sounding board. And so as far as mentors go, I would say I've got a couple of real estate, um, uh, customers that have, uh, I've had for years that have been really, um, you know, kind of a mentor of sorts. In fact, uh, on a few on the bigger pockets, uh, uh, Jay Heinrichs is, uh, kind of a, a known name yes. there. Yeah. He's been a client of mine since the, like one of the first days I started selling insurance. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, uh, he's a, he, he's, he's definitely a, a big resource. Um, but just, I, I would say just like, you know, talking with people that are doing it. Yeah. And, wow. you know, when I, when I have something, uh, you know, let them know what I'm doing, and and if they start to wrinkle their nose and think that doesn't sound good, then
2: maybe I should, <laughs> yeah, you <know>. redirect. redirect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. I um, so,
1: talk about networking. You're a real estate insurance salesman, and you have all these uh past clients that you can just go uh. Yeah. Excuse Hello. Me. Excuse me. I have I have this deal. You Could have an you look at it yeah, an idea. Yeah, me? <laughs> exactly. Give me a little That's Amazing.
3: Good. Good. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's it is uh, you know I I think there's there's so much value in 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 talking with people with experience.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. before we leave you, do you have any uh, words to live by?
3: Uh, words to live by. Um, I got a lot of, a lot of different little stains here, but I'm trying to think something that would be uh, useful here. Um, I I think, you know, patience is, is a a virtue in this and and not to get, uh, let's say this, pay attention to the numbers, right? I think that's probably a good words is know your numbers uh, because the numbers don't lie. And, and, you know, if the other guy isn't able to get those numbers, how are you, you know, if if they're not able to get the numbers that, that, that you think you're going to get, why are you going
2: to be able to get them kind of thing? So okay. you know, I have yep. to, yeah, to, to know, know your numbers. Great. Nice.
1: Patients Great. know your numbers. Well, well, thank you very much.
2: Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? And uh, to, of course, tell us uh, the podcast out there so people can check out a little bit more about you and your guests. You
3: bet. So the podcast, and, and this is again, kind of, uh, trying to identify myself with commercial real estate. So the, the the podcast came from, I have a LinkedIn group on LinkedIn and it's called commercial real estate pro network. And so from that, the podcast, it's called commercial real estate pro network. If you go to iTunes, uh, but we, we also call it CREPN radio, CREPN radio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I also have, a. um, a blog, just jdurngross.com. And sure.
2: uh, so say, I I post the, the, uh, the podcast there as well, but amazing. Amazing. Well, listen, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us and talk to you about your journey and, uh, looking to talking to you more in the future about what you have going on. And we may be calling you with some insurance questions, I'm sure in the future as well.
3: Oh, well, hey, thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, we uh, definitely had a good time and, and uh, look forward to doing it again.
2: Perfect. Thank you
1: so much,
0: Darren.
2: Thanks, Darren. All right, bye-bye. Great day, bye.
1: Bye.
0: Hi, everybody. Peely here from the REI Foundation podcast. Looking to rev up your wholesaling or house flipping business? Go now to houseflippinghq.com. Jason and I are part of of a house-flipping family, a community created by Justin Williams. Would we be where we are without him and without his community and his mentors? Probably not. Justin and his team basically handed us personalized shortcuts and exact strategies that have made us explode in today's market. So if you're looking to take the next step, go to houseflippinghq.com right now. Again, this is Peely from the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we are so grateful for you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.